Welcome to the Jack and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son Clark, and here to tell you about it. There are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then they will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios. Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy show. I'm Stacy. And I'm Jackie. And we are very excited because we are entering into the second month <laughs> of our series, our first ever series of podcast episodes. So fancy. Yeah. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And we normally have a topic that guides us each month. And we decided a while ago to do a series where we want to talk about all the different aspects of health, like healthy living. And last month was our first in this series where we discussed mental health the entire month of June. May. May. I mean, now it's June. May 2023. And now it's June. And we are moving into our second topic in the health series and we're going to discuss physical health and this is kind of exciting I'm really enjoying because so much of it fits together and it kind of helps us like stretch out the idea of what it what leads to a healthy life Mm. and there's so many things (laughs) right and you know we could it's it's like that one um there was like a meme one time when it had like 10 things that like areas all the 10 areas of life, like physical, mental, financial, you know, sexual, you name it. There was like 10 areas and it's like, you can be only good at three. So pick three. Pick three. (laughs) Well, which three are you going to be good at? You're going to be awesome at work. You're going to be the best mom ever. You know, it's like, you can't just, you cannot be good at everything. So, um, but we do want to find out kind of what, what, ways can we contribute to our health and how can we be proactive and intentional and this month we're going to talk about physical health and as we do we always start our first episode of the month we kind of define it and look in inward to our in ourselves and we that's where we start and that's where Jackie's going to start us off this today yeah Um, A couple of thoughts I have before we really dive in. And one is that um, just the same disclaimer we gave with our every single time we talked about mental health in May is that neither you nor I are educated, you know, on this topic in such a way that we could call ourselves experts at all. Mm -hmm. We both are, um, you know, actively have been seeking to get healthier and be as healthy as we can be for the last however many years. I mean, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever. So, right. So we know some stuff, but, um, but we're not, not experts. So please, 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 anything you hear us say, follow up with your own research, talk to your doctor, do all the things you need to do to make sure, you know, fact check us for sure. So I wanted to just start with that. Um, and then second, I wanted to just, I don't know, push back on this idea. I've had this thought a lot recently, especially around the idea of improvement. And mm. one of the things that we um, we do a lot, and I guess I just want to kind of put this question out into the, into the air for us to consider as we have this conversation, 
is how do we continue to grow by degrees? Like we've talked about for years on this podcast, we want to get better by degrees and also have grace for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's this Mm -hmm. idea of holding both. So sometimes I think we holding both in each hands, holding both loosely, like holding both of those ideas. Like we can, we can, and we talk about this also, also all the time, but, um, I just don't want us to have limiting beliefs around this idea of getting better. Like, mm. yes, you're right. We can't be good at everything. And, and that's not ultimately the goal, right? Like the goal isn't necessarily to be good at everything. But I do think we can, with grace and love and intention, you know, get better by degrees slowly over time in all the areas, right? Like mm-hmm. I just, I hope that in every single area you mentioned, I'm better now at 53 <laughs> than I was at 23. Like, I hope that's true in every single one of those 10 areas. Yep. And I, I think that's possible. Like, I guess, I guess I'm trying to push back against the idea that if we're trying to get better, we're having too high of expectations of ourselves. Like, I don't, mm. I don't think that that's necessarily, tr- necessarily true. What do you think? What, what, what happens in your gut when I say that? <sighs> I don't know. I feel it so deeply because I, I am always torn between those two things. Right. I think that that's a, just such an excellent point. Cause I think I'm always like, I should be better, but also Stacy, stop shooting on yourself or like, ah. well, can't it be, can't it be, can't you take the should out I mean, I guess this is what I'm challenging us to. And and I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's just a a thought. Um, like, can we remove the should and just give ourselves permission to try and try with but try and fail and try with grace and not have too high of high expectations for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Is that possible? I th- I think it might be. I feel like it might be okay. without the word should. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I, I long for. Yeah. Really is a little more peace with what I am doing. And also at the same time, like less striving yet still growing. If that, I don't know how to really balance that. Yeah. Well, and I don't think if, I mean, in this lifetime, maybe we don't ever figure that exact balance out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I don't yeah, know. But that's I, a, it's I, such a good point. I do want to encourage us to give ourselves permission to try and fail. Um, and also to have grace for ourselves um, without, I don't know, those limiting beliefs are a thing that I think sometimes get in our way. And mm-hmm. um, Anyways, and each, for each of us, that balance is going to look different at different seasons in our life, right? I mean, right. when you're deep in the woods of getting a law degree, passing the bar, raising your kids, single mom and <laughs> working full time, like that's not the time when you're like striving. Um, but maybe when you're an empty nester and, you, you know, you've got your career dialed in, it's the time to like lean into a bunch of those things I don't mm. so maybe seasons mm. is a piece of that right oh, we've talked about the, that too but anyways okay well diving into the topic of physical health I um I've kind of my thought is we'll divide our time into two things and the first thing is to talk about what new the latest research says about what what physical health looks like what's included in the idea of physical health and then the second half is like okay now how do we achieve that like what are some things Mm -hmm. that we can do practically speaking to get healthier right 
And just like all of the things we talk about, it's a continuum. So wherever you're starting, that's great. That's where you are, you know, like yep. embrace that. And you're starting there. And, and also we can get better by small degrees. So, all right. So I just, let's start with me just throwing this out there and you can push back on this, but um, I did some research and these things all resonated with me as I thought about them too. So these are the kind of the components of physical health. Okay. Ready? Okay. I'm ready. Regular physical activity of some sort. And we're going to unpack these, each of these, but regular physical activity, mindfulness and stress management, balanced and nutrient rich diet, sufficient sleep and social connections and support. Wow. Okay. Five kind of pillars of physical health. So any of them that you feel like, mm, not so sure, or do they all kind of resonate with you too? Yeah. I thought that last one was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like the mental health. Yeah. Really. yeah, it is part of the mental health piece. You're right. Yeah. We'll get to that. Let's start with like regular physical activity. So the okay. new research shows that, you know, because, and this is important to me because I will tell you for the majority of my life, I have worked out in different seasons, mainly to get skinny or lose weight. Like that has been my motivation. I'm just going to mm-hmm. be real with you mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't work. Like, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. You cannot really exercise yourself out of a bad diet. It's not a thing. So, so for me, I had to like switch my mentality from why I exercise. And for me now it's about longevity and um, ability to do things like mm-hmm. be active and involved in my kids' lives and like mobility as I age. And also just overall health, chronic conditions, it like diabetes, um, heart disease, all of those things are totally helped by physical activity. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think? What what comes to mind for you when you think about that element of physical health, the activity piece, the exercise piece? Mm. Well, a uh, couple things. One is consistency, mm-hmm. and but for me, it's I have a like a autoimmune disease that my joints will get real bad and stiff if I don't move. And so, yeah, that's why consistency is super important for me. You guys have heard me talk about my Yvonne, my Mm -hmm. running partner for the past almost 20 years probably. And, um, you know, how uh, millions of different benefits, but the physical specific benefit all the stuff you mentioned, but also for me, it's like joints and just, yeah. if I don't, if you don't move it, you'll lose it kind of thing or totally. you don't physically and lose it. What about like your mood? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say mm-hmm. to me. It's, it's all like, it's really mental health. Cause yeah. Yvonne is not my running coach. She is my, um, brain coach. She is my therapist, right? <laughs> my unwitting, unwilling therapist. <laughs> and so so, so helpful for, first of all, like being, everyone goes, oh, do you just like love running? My friend, Jen, if you're listening, Jen, she asked me last week, do you love running? And I was like, no, I said, but I love being done running. Exactly. I love the, the like feeling of having completed something. And I, that makes me feel so proud of myself. Um, I totally. like when every time I'm done, I'm like, we did that. We're up, yes. we get up and we do it and then we're done with it. And then you start your day and then the rest of my day, I know it's like making my bed, which I do all, every single day as well. It's something that I've completed yes. and I'm 
out of myself. And I, even if the rest of the crap hits the fan, the remainder of the day, I will have completed those two things. And I, it's so, so good for every area of my life. Totally. I agree. I, and I, in fact, I intentionally try to remind myself throughout the day, like you already worked out. You already did that. Good job. You did. (laughs) You moved today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I say now that, um, aerobic, moderate intensity, aerobic activity for 150 minutes a week, along with strength training twice a week can like reduce your chances of getting all sorts of conditions, by like 25 to 50%, depending on the, the health condition. How mm-hmm. crazy is that? Yeah, I believe but, it. Do you hear that noise? Um, I, apologize. Not bad. I apologize because my son is currently hanging things in his room and he's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really hear it. That's okay, fine. good. Uh, okay, so that's regular physical activity. So I think we can agree wherever you are now, like even if it's just walking, there's also so much research out now about incredible benefits of just walking an hour a day and it's so and I think that falls under moderate intensity aerobic exercise just getting those steps in and all this little things like parking further away at the grocery store walking your dog all the different ways you can get steps in Mm -hmm. um, that's hugely beneficial too all right let's move on to number two mindfulness and stress management so Mm. the research is really showing the importance of managing your stress there's a hormone called insulin and that's what's produced when you are stressed when you have that fight or flight or you're feeling stressed insulin is produced in your body and we do need some insulin but also it can be really really harmful if we get too much so um all of those things like being mindful of your emotional state um managing your stress which one of the ways we do that right is physical activity mm-hmm. um meditation, deep breathing. I mean, it seems so wonky, right? But breathing exercises are huge. They can totally impact your physical health. Um, And it's all of those things are linked to better immune function and decreased inflammation. And inflammation is the enemy, right? Like we, Mm -hmm. that leads to joint pain, like you were talking about. So um, using, you know, times throughout the day to do your deep breathing exercise, yoga helps with that. It helps with your mental health. We talked about that last month, lowering your blood pressure, all of those things. So um, just incorporating some kind of mindfulness and stress management in your day can be a huge game changer for your physical health as well as your mental health. Mm -hmm. Do you do any of those things? Well, I used to do yoga, but now I think I talk a lot about that. I just like sit and drink my coffee in the morning and that practice of where I used to do like where I made sure I was reading or had some productivity basically of some sort. Now it's like, I just have switched over a little bit to just like sitting and staring out my window yeah, and like enjoying that time and allowing myself to have the hold space. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm not like being super productive or I don't know reading yeah. or writing or journaling or doing, 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 doing. Right. How about That's you? Totally mindfulness girl. That's totally yeah. mindfulness. Yeah. I really have tried to, um, one of the things that I'm working on in this area that I think has really helped me, um, is feeling my feelings and giving myself permission to feel my feelings. And I think that's impacted just my stress management. Um, 
So yeah, I really do work on that. And I do the deep breathing thing. I used to think it was dumb and wonky and like that can't really be anything, but <laughs> I do it actively and intentionally now. And um, I notice the difference. And then I do the same thing you do. I, I have quiet time that sometimes looks like prayer, sometimes looks like reading my Bible, sometimes looks like a podcast, sometimes looks like just listening to worship music. And sometimes just looks like sitting too. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's huge for me too. And honestly, last month during our, I have to say this because last month, those things were the biggest tips that our interviewee, mm -hmm. our mental health counselor that we interviewed last month, Janae Carlisle, she said those things, learning how to, she taught us how to do the box breathing. Yep. Yep. She taught us, she said exactly that feeling my feelings yeah. and, um, those things are like doing the breathing. It, yep. It, this was her biggest area of, um, mental health. Yeah. I used to try to like not feel the feelings. I used to feel like it's just better if you don't feel the sadness or you don't feel the frustration or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It really has been life changing for me to like give myself permission to feel frustrated and then move through the frustration and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I don't know, that has been really a big one for me. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Um, next is a balanced and nutrient rich diet. So I think like this could be probably a whole long, I mean, it could be a series, a year long series with all sorts yes. of experts. And obviously we're not going to do that, but I mean, and there's all sorts, like you can find someone who says something is good and something is bad and every single thing on the internet. So obviously we are not going to go there, but here's what I think. I think some of the things we can agree on is that variety is good. Um, considering your protein intake, considering your, um, fiber intake, having vegetables and fruits, um, not, you know, overindulging, but having a balance, indulging when you, you know, when you want to having a balanced diet. Those are things that most mm -hmm. everybody can agree on. And also the only other thing I want to highlight in this area is that, um, paying attention to how you feel after you eat. So that's been a game changer for me. I discovered on my own without any testing that I have some kind of an allergy or, or maybe just what's the word, not allergy, but um, I don't know. It's just but intolerance. Intolerance. That's the word for corn. Like sensitivity. Corn. Yeah. Sensitivity and intolerance. I would just not feel great. And I started to pay attention to things that had corn or corn syrup and realize that that is true for me. So if I, if I can avoid corn, I just feel better and I don't have, I have less inflammation too. So I think just paying attention to how your body responds to different things that you eat yep. um, can be really life-changing. What about you, Stace? Well, I will say, I, I, I would say this all the time when I talk about my grandparents um, my grandmother, you know, she was an immigrant from Switzerland. My grandfather was an immigrant from Denmark and they both always, I would tell you about my grandparents is that they did things in moderation. I mean, she cooked with bacon grease, but they barely ever drank or like smoked or, you know, went out to eat, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but they did all of those things yeah. that they never moderation um, yeah it's like in, like a life of moderation and they lived so well yeah. into their um into their 90s like healthfully I love it and they and my grandfather went out walking every single day mm -hmm. moved his body that's so good mm -hmm. yep 
Yep. That's so good. Yeah. I think that's a good, good reminder, moderation and can, yeah. um, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to sleep. Sleep has been the one I've really worked on dialing in the last about a year. I have really committed to getting eight hours of sleep every night and, um, I don't always sleep well. I think it's, um, you know, this period of my life I'm menopausal and I think it's something that menopausal women struggle with, um, yeah. but I've really worked to make it a priority and, um, and that I think has been really, really good for me physically. So um, they say that adults should have seven to nine hours of good quality sleep. And um, that improves our cognitive function, our emotional well-being, our immune function, our lowered risk of chronic conditions like obesity, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. And um, the other piece of this that um, I learned a while ago when I was doing some research, not, not for this, but for just for myself, is that being in bed by 10 o'clock is a game changer because the sleep you get between like 10 p.m. and like I think 1 a.m. is your highest quality of sleep. Wow. So if you can be in bed by in a sleep by 10, that can really, really make a big difference. So mm. it's not like if you if you're getting, you know, 10 hours or pardon me, eight hours from like, you know, 10 to six, I think that's eight hours, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's better than eight hours from midnight to eight a.m. So hmm. something to interesting. In yeah. How are you doing with your sleep? Um, I sleep between six and seven hours a night right now during the week. Um, I just, cause I just have too much going on. Yeah. I have too much work. I have to get done yeah. in a day right now, but I only have six more weeks of school. <laughs> so, um, it's just kind of like this season that I'm in, but I do, yeah. I do sleep well. I fall asleep pretty quickly and I just jump up when I get up in the morning. Cause I wake up so early, Yeah, but I, you know, it's just, I'm in a season where I'm having less sleep, but on the weekends, I try to always give myself at least one day to like sleep in nice. so that I can get at least eight hours a night nice. on the weekends or more. Nice. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing I, it? I do. I'm doing eight. I so I wake up every morning at um 452. <laughs> uh, yep. I have a specific time as well. <laughs> I try to be asleep by nine o'clock because nine to five is eight hours. So okay. um I it's not always the case, but I really try. <laughs> wow, good job. I really job. try. All right, yeah. let's move on to social connections and support. So Ironically, we talked about this, of course, a lot in our mental health um, month, but they also say strong social connections and support networks are impor important for physical health as well. Isn't that crazy? Um, so it can reduce your risk of depression, anxiety, cognitive decline, um, and also just your immune system is improved by having a sense of belonging and emotional support. Wow. I know crazy. So we, we talked about that so much last month. I don't think we need to necessarily go into that. So mm -hmm. if you're wanting to know ways to do that, you can go back and listen right to last month's episodes for ways to um, really get more social connection and support in yeah. your life. But it's, mm -hmm. it's important for your physical health too. Okay. Well now let's talk about how do you do this? Like if you are saying like, listen, this isn't, this is a priority to me, but I'm a mess. Like I know I'm messing or, or, you know, let's not call ourselves a mess. Let me change my language around that. Good job. I have a lot of growing to do. I'm not there yet. Right. That yet word I use mm -hmm. that all the time. Like I'm not super healthy yet, but I want to get there. So what, what can I do? Like, what are some things I can do? 
Um, and so I have some ideas and these are all pulled from like a lot are from Atomic Habits by James Clare, but then um, just other ideas that might help you. And let's talk about these Stace, and then I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, but they're all quick ones. Um, okay. And then you can tell me if these are things that you've tried. So the sure. first one is to start small. So James Clare says like, if you want to start a new workout habit, he's like the first date, just put on your shoes. Don't do anything else. Just literally just put on your shoes. Um, so it's like the, the advice is start small and focus on one habit at a time. Don't try to like, be like, all of a sudden I'm going to eat well. I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to do mindfulness. I'm going to do deep breathing. I'm going to sleep eight hours. Like it's yeah. overwhelming and unsustainable. So choose one tiny thing that you want to focus on. And once it becomes a habit, then you can move on to the next one. And that has really worked well for me. What about you? I've never really thought about that actually. So oh, nice. Yeah. I will do this. This is how I'm going to pass the bar exam. Step it. one. Start I small. It. I wonder if you've done it unwittingly. Like, like for example, your winning thing is like, it's a habit now. You don't even really have to think about it anymore, right? You just do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I will tell you, we did start small. Yvonne, we, we used to work out at the gym because I just needed, like, I wanted somebody to meet me there because I know that I'm not going to go unless somebody's like, I'll see you at 5 a.m. Right. Then I will keep that appointment. But I never keep appointments with just myself at 5 a.m. Correct me either. <laughs> I'm like, snooze, snooze, off, off. Yep, yep. And that's that's one of our ones too. So let's just go okay. to that keep one. Going. Yeah. Seek social support. So sharing goals with friends or family or a certain person that gives you accountability and motivation. And honestly, motivation is a lie. Like no, none of us are always motivated. Sometimes we might feel no. motivated, right? No. But most no. of the time we're not motivated. So surrounding yourself with people who have the same goals you have or actually using an actual partner the way you do, Stacey. Makes mm-hmm. all, and, and I have, I have another Stacey, Stacey number That's two, right. who is now my workout gal. And I have another friend, Amy, who's starting to go with me in the mornings. And so being a part of that, like, it's just that much more, um, well, I just said that awkwardly, but it's much easier when you have someone waiting for, you know, that accountability really. Yeah. Helps. Did you, did you say this surround, or I think I saw something recently. It was like, go surround yourself with five people working yes. out and you'll become the sixth. Yes. Surround yourself with five people who are, you know, doing drunk driving you're going to be the six so you know like I, all oh, good or bad yes I just went to Mexico on a trip with a bunch of teenage boys I ate so poorly because all of a sudden <laughs> I like my brain was doing this weird thing where it's like well they're eating like a 12, I'm a 14 year old boy <laughs> so one is like nothing you're doing great if you're having three or whatever I mean <laughs> like my thinking just changed so much Immediately. Like, and I was aware of it and I couldn't stop it <laughs> yep Oh, well, it was vacation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that idea is huge. Like, the you are who the five people that you're closest with, for yep. sure. I notice it all the time. Okay, the next one is um, building a routine. So habits are more likely to stick when they're a part of your daily routine. So that's what you've done with Yvonne again. So having specific triggers and cues in your environment that remind you to engage in that desired behavior, whatever it is. So if you want to take a daily vitamin, for example, you set it next to your toothbrush and that's your cue every day to take your daily vitamin. So Mm -hmm. figuring out cues and um, triggers that set you up to succeed, having that routine, um, and that's kind of habit stacking too, but we'll talk about that in a second. Huge. So for me, if I, I really have to plan the night before, like I set out my pre-workout, I get out my shoes, I put my clothes all out that I'm ready, you know, to wear. And that really sets me up to have a good morning. Um, I think you do some of that too, Stace. Yeah. I just, I, I don't have pajamas. I sleep in my workout clothes. 
oh my gosh, you've said that before. And every single time I'm like, I would be miserable. I, would be miserable. <laughs> I need my PJs, but I'm, but see, it works for you. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad. And I'm just already wearing them. Yeah. And all I have to do is put on a sports bra. It's actually brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And then habit stacking. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about that over the years, but stacking a new habit you want with a habit you already have. For example, if you want to start meditating, link it to like, I all, every morning I have my coffee. It's kind of what you do with Stace. So I'm mm-hmm. always, I'm going to use that trigger, that morning coffee to sit and meditate or to whatever the habit is that you want. So linking something you want to do with something you already do um, is super, super powerful and easy. Love it. It's called habit stacking. Um, tracking your progress. This is huge. Monitoring your behaviors and your progress helps you often can help you stay motivated and accountable. So there's apps out there you can use or literally just pen and paper. You could print out. There's a lot of cool like habit tracker, um, like visuals that you can use. Some people I know like um, put like marbles in a jar to encourage themselves, but anything that helps remind you that you're working towards a specific thing or that you're tracking those habits can be really, really powerful. It's a really good like brain trick to help you. Like just like, just like preschool, like when you get a gold star for doing it. Awesome. I love it. Exactly that, like that. Mm-hmm. Super powerful one for me. Yeah. I really, that one really helps me. Um, okay. Practicing what are called implementation intentions. So that means Mm. um, creating specific plans for when, where, how you will engage in that behavior. So for example, you don't want to just say, I'm going to start working out, right? Because often Um. that's not enough to get you out the door. So instead you have to say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m. I'm going to go for a 20 minute walk after dinner. So specific plans, when, where, and how you're going to engage in that behavior is life is a game changer around that. Um, so um, any kind of implementation intention really, really helps. Um, okay. Make sense? Yeah. Well, it's like plan to, f- you fail to plan or you plan to fail. Yeah. So this is making a plan to do the thing so that you do it. Correct. Yeah. And the last one I have is just make it enjoyable. So like incorporating elements of joy and pleasure into those healthy habits super increases your adherence. So I would say for you, for example, having time with Yvonne, right? Increases Mm -hmm. the likelihood that you're going to do your run. Um, Just somehow weaving joy into those habits. So making like, if you really enjoy dancing, go join a dance class for your movement. Um, uh, what else could you do? Like if you really enjoy cooking, do you know, make, make fun meals that are really healthy. Did you have an idea? What was? No, I was going to say, how do you make kale fun though? Right? Like, how... <laughs> kale chips. That's you a lie. While you're They're watching not a comedy routine uh. on Netflix. <laughs> uh, uh. Right? I mean, there you go. You could be like, I only am going to let myself watch comedy on Netflix if I'm eating kale chips while I watch <laughs> I set up like little little deals like that with myself all the time. That is hilarious. That would be awesome. So those are my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight little ideas for how you can implement new healthy habits. Whatever the habit is that you think is valuable, right? Like we're not here to say you have to do this or you have to do it this way, but just like share things that have worked for us. And most of them are research backed that, um, and that I'm still working on. Honestly, these are things I'm still working on getting better at in my life. So 
I love it. That sounds good. Are you there? Uh, yep. How about yeah. we, so via con Dios, how do we pick from all these things? Oh gosh. Um, I want to start. I want to start one. Let's just start with number one. Cause if we're going to start, we're going to have to start small. So start with yes. number one Perfect. and share with us what the one thing you did that was the one thing that you've changed, did, done differently. or the one little step that you took. And I will send a prize to the winner of the smallest step. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the tiniest step wins whoever does the smallest thing okay okay. i i love that i love a good contest (laughs) and i love a good prize all right all right stace well thank you for this conversation and via con dios